What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Experience, where we help you elevate your perspective and your beliefs, patterns about yourself so that you got the ultimate confidence to live your unstoppable life. I am Christopher Roush, also known as the No Excuses Coach. And of course, I am always joined by my brother from another mother. Scott Coyette, here with you, Christopher Roush. Exactly what I want to be right now. Exactly, exactly man. I'm, right, I'm really super excited for this conversation. I've been excited for this series, being able yeah. to talk about leadership and being able to help people lead themselves and also lead their teams. And we've had some pretty amazing conversations already that have stimulated my ideas about when I was in leadership and thinking about some of the things I could have incorporated in my life. So I'm excited to have our guest on tonight and be able to talk about that and see what is we can do to illuminate people's perspectives about how they can lead themselves and perhaps lead their families and lead their teams, of course, if they're in that capacity. So, man, it's been a great week. What about you? Um, all good. All really good. And, and to the point you just said, when you're in leadership, Chris, I think you're in leadership right this very moment. So you're just looking at it from a corporate perspective, but we're all leaders in every moment. So that's why I wanted to do this series is so that we can realize that the way this world changes starts with us and it starts with what we're doing. And when we're leading by example, this world can change in a big way in a hurry. So, so that's what mm -hmm. I've been doing, man. I'm out there trying to practice what I preach, lead by example. I don't know if I'm doing great at it, but I'm trying my best. So. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the capacity of, of really being intentional about it. And I think that's one thing we've learned from the people we've already spoken with mm -hmm. is that intentionality. Like, am I willing to get better? Am I willing to go outside of my comfort zone and try, try new things and be open to new possibilities and opportunities? I mean, a lot of people now are using chat GBT and some people have controversy with it, but there's another resource to be able to say, how can I become a more effective leader? You know, asking it questions. My buddy's been asking it a ton of questions and he's getting some amazing answers. And he's actually applying that because he's excited thinking that's like, it's telling them the right stuff as opposed to it's the same thing you're going to find in Google. So yeah, it's just all about how that openness and that receptivity to, to jump off and do different things that you haven't done before in order to get different things that you haven't got before. Yeah. And that's something that um technology, I mean, we can look over the course of history. This happens anytime there's some kind of a revolution or a big change or a big shift and nothing that we've seen in history is what's going on right now. I mean, the changes are so fast. It's how we respond and how do we adapt and how do we move forward that makes us an effective leader. And so, yeah, industries are going to end and certain people lose jobs and money will shift hands. And in that, a lot of people think, oh, the world's ending. And those who really understand is, no, we're just in a shift. And just because it's a change doesn't mean it's evolution, doesn't mean it's expansion. Leaders help us figure out how it's expansion, how it's evolution, how it's a positive. So it's growth versus just simple change. So. The person we've got on here, um, I had a beautiful opportunity to share some time with him in Colorado. We got to have him on the show here before. And when I was thinking about leadership, some of the conversations that he and I had about leading by example, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. And if you make mistakes, being honest about it, moving forward. And sometimes we have an assumption of what leadership is going to look like for us, because here's how we're going to plug into the world. This is how we're going to be leaders. And then something changes. Yeah. So <laughs> this guy gets that. This guy gets that tenfold because his vision of how he was going to lead shifted in a way that maybe it's not the way he wanted. But I'm so glad it's the way it is because that's how we got to meet him. And he's beautiful as is our awesome friend, Guy Berlando. Hi. Hello, Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. What's hello, up, brother? It's great to see you. Intro. Yeah, great to see you guys again, too. Awesome. So I got to I got to tease guy real quick because we had a really fun time doing a hike when we were both a little bit injured. <laughs> he's a really awesome leader, except he's not that good at hiking and directions. Now I'm, I'm messing with him. We just got we got lost. And I think he and I thought it was fun 
And the other guys with us were like, can we stop being lost? I was like, this is cool. This is more time. He's like, take a left, take a right. And I'm like, I'll follow him. I trust him. And we ended up in the middle of nowhere, but that was a great hike. So I did it. That was fun. That was fun. No, that's a that's a that's the firm confirmation of the blind leading the blind, I guess. Yeah, something like that. The there's a GPS app that like, you know, I use trails.com. So I just stay on the trail. I just follow the little trail and make sure I don't get lost. That was my plan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think all jokes aside, we were having such a good time. You know, when you're having fun and you like forget like where the time went, you know, you're having a drink with your buddy and like, oh my God, I saw my wife would be home like four hours ago. It was one of those things where we're walking, having fun. And our bodies probably were going, hey, you guys can stop anytime now. But we had to keep going because we weren't back to the car yet. But it was. Yeah, it was I had a bad calf. I think it was your back, right? You I just bad... flipped the snowmobile. Like, we're, like, we probably shouldn't have gone on a long hike, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be like a mile and it turned out to be six and a half. <laughs> well, it started. We weren't even going to hike because we were hurt. We're like, why don't let's just go meditate somewhere. And then it turned into a gentle hike. Then we saw that beautiful reservoir. Then we're like, let's check this out. And suddenly we're like. A day later, it was still going. <laughs> so what you guys did as leaders, you you adjusted your plans accordingly based on what it is that you were presented with in front of you. Absolutely. And, yeah, and we had uh, compliant followers. <laughs> <laughs> they were, it's funny because when they tell the story versus me tell it, I'm always like, that was fun. And they're like, man, I was really exhausted. Like, why were we still walking? I'm like, I don't know. It's just an adventure. So it yeah. was an adventure. Yeah, yeah. That's, you got to push yourself outside your comfort zone. And I think that's one of the things that so many people have an expectation of, well, I expect this to be that. And then when you go outside that expectation, that's where the true growth really happens. I mean, both oh, as a leader and as, as quotas, as a follower, I've known that my leaders have taken me through situations, both personally and professionally, where I didn't want to necessarily go. I had an expectation I was going to stop here, but their expectation was like, no, I'm going to push you to grow you so that you get outside of that expectation. And you start to see what the real reality can be for you when you go outside that, that, that perceived limitation if you will. And I know we're going to talk about limiting, limiting beliefs on, on here. So yeah, I'm excited. No, I think you just, you nailed it. I really do. I mean, that that's what a leader is going to do for you, right? It's help push you outside your comfort zone, but just think about it from a, from a personal perspective, when you're leading yourself, you've got to push yourself outside that comfort zone. So a leader being able to do that for other people is because they've already done it for themselves. Amen. And how do we do that? I mean, when you think back in your career, guy, where do you think that there was a, that, that, a pivotal point where you learned that process and you learned that rule? I'm still learning it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, you know, it, uh, you know, you, you use that word evolution. It is an evolution. It is uh, an evolving and growing through that process of trial and error. And where I think a lot of people fail and don't understand about leadership is you don't try it one or two times and think, you all of a sudden I'm going to be successful. No, leadership is trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing, getting better a little bit each of the one of those steps of the way until you gain all that knowledge and wisdom. So when 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 did that shift happen? I don't know. It's one of the biggest ones was what leaving the military and then starting a business and and learning that there's different types of leadership. You know, the positional leadership Amen. of the military is very different from having to lead people say at a church or something like that, where it's all volunteers. I mean, you got somebody that is an employee and you're paying them to do work. It's still a different type of leadership. And I think we all recognize good leaders and bad leaders in all those positions, regardless of what position the leaders holds. If they understand people, if they understand the leadership qualities that makes for a good leader, then regardless if they're a position in a position of leadership, positional leadership, I've got a rank, I've got a, you know, CEO, vice president label behind me. 
or if I am the leader of a church or network marketing group or whatever it is, then you're going to be, you're going to be way ahead of the game. And that's the secret, right? So what is that? What is that quality that makes a great leader? That's what I said. That's what I want to talk about because, you know, Chris and I are always talking about, you know, identity. Um, I'm always sharing, you know, you have a tight mission, you have a vision and you've got your identity and what throws you out of balance is when your identity shifts or your vision shifts. And so identity could shift where you lose a job where you don't attain something you expected to, or there's a breakup or somebody passes away and your identity shifts. What's behind that? So to your point, like, let's say that I'm a general in a military, you know, the branch, you know, I'm a general, you know, I'm pretty high up there, right? So that's somebody who, you know, your identity is clearly with that. So people are just saying you're a leader, but what is it inside when you coach your, you know, son's little league team or, you know, nobody knows what your title is. What am I seeing? Like what's really underneath all that? Because I see a lot of people, they think, okay, this person's a leader, only title oriented, but what qualifies you to be that? Did you move up the ranks? Was it time spent? Was it a degree you got? But what's really behind that? So let, let's talk about that a little bit because I see you as a leader. I see Chris as a leader. I see myself as a leader. But what are some of the things that are sprinkled in there so that others might see the same? You know, I think you, know, you read a lot of books on leadership. I, I mean, I know I have as well. I just finished another great one from Maxwell. Good leaders ask great questions. He's got some really great concepts in there. The, the one thing that I look for, my number one and something that I told myself very accountable to is my character. Yeah. I think character above everything else um, is going to be, it's got to be a pillar, if you will. It's, it, it's got to be a basic foundation of that person. Because if that person's character is not intact, if they've got a faulty character and we don't have to go through the definition of character, we can look it up on our own. But there are def different definitions of character too. But to me, what it means is somebody that is honest to themselves and honest to the people around them. They're going to follow through with what they say they're going to do. They don't just utter words and then turn around and go do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. They ask of people something that they've already done themselves. They don't ask for somebody to do something that they haven't done if it is within their, um, you know, expertise, if you will. So it's just I think character is is paramount. Mm, I love that. I love that. When I think about character, one of the first words that popped in my mind was authenticity, because yes. I know as I was coming up, I was coming up in the ranks, you know, I was told to be, you know, you have to be this person, you have to portray this person. And I'm like, no, I'd rather be authentic to myself so that I can build that connection with my team. So they know, like, and trust me. And that's something that I battle with some of my leaders early on was the fact like, just let me be me. Like, I know that I know that through my character and through my standards and my values that I won't do, I won't ask somebody to do something that I won't do myself. That built that, that connection with people to want them to do things on their, on their selves, because I know there's different modes of different leadership. And I found that that co-creative leadership aspect of co-creating the goals, co-creating the, the opportunities for everybody that really solidified my establishment as being a great leader. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about some of those books that you've read and, and some of the, the, the things they talk about the emotional intelligence standpoint of being a great leader yeah you know do you hear a lot now about that emotional quotient right mm -hmm. and it, it is really really important because that's another thing you're going to look for in that character is this person fly off the handle at the least little thing that goes wrong or are they yes. very stable in in their persona and their character and emotions have a lot to do with this especially if you've got a high pressure type of leadership position, or you mentioned the little league coach, right? And then, you know, if you allow your emotions to get involved into that, 
you know, bad things can happen and it's not good for the kids that are looking at you as the leader. Right. So being able to have a, a stable emotional quotient in their part of that character, I think is incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, there's, there's so many, so many great books. One of my favorite books is 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. That's also by Maxwell. He covers a lot of different things in that book that, you know, surmises, you know, a lot of different aspects of lead, leadership, a lot of the pitfalls of leadership, if you will, as well. And another one that I really love is Launching a Leadership Revolution, and that's by Oren Woodward and Chris Brady. And they're a couple of network marketers, which is the industry that I'm in full time now. And they bring not only all the kind of stuff that Maxwell's talking about, but what I really love about it is they understand what it's like to lead an all-volunteer army. And it is totally different type of leadership than being having a job or a, a positional leadership, if you will. You know, I, we talk about character. You talk about the emotional quadrant. You know, people put on archetypes. You know, well, I'm the vice president of this company now. I just got this promotion, so now I'm this. And they step into a different archetype, or they walk into that office and they step into a different archetype. Not necessarily a bad thing if it's kept in check and it's done with awareness. But if you step into an archetype and you believe it, and that 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 is who you are and you start pushing that down onto other people, people are not dumb. <laughs> people are going to see through that in a heartbeat, and you're going to lose trust. And, that, and that's terrible for a leader, losing that trust, because it takes forever to get it back. I like that. And, you know, I always call those vehicles, Guy. You know, one of the things is like one of the vehicles I move through this life with, you know, it, with is a father. Um, one's a friend. You know, one's a podcast host. You know, one is a professor. And so – some people have difficulty taking that VP hat off when they go home or when they're talking to somebody about something outside of work and saying, hey, is everything going on OK at home? I'm going to take off the VP hat and for a moment. I just right. want to connect with you as a human and go, this is off record. Go, I just want to make sure everything's working out. Like, am I doing what I need to do here, supporting you um, outside of here? You know, questions like that. And you're right. Some people bring that home like I'm still Mr. VP or whatever. And if you lose that, your identity has gone and all your leadership goes with it. So, again, I love the idea of character. I love the idea of becoming our best selves and messing up constantly. You know, one of the things we were talking about in my business class the other day, and I think it'll be pertinent to talk about right here, is realizing that that idea of character or authenticity or genuineness comes with mistake after mistake after mistake and exposure to your um, incongruency with self. So the day that you find out like, Hey, you know, these animals are treated poorly, but I'm still eating the meat. Now it's on me. You know what I mean? So right. now I've got to make a decision. Do, do I not eat meat anymore? Do I eat pasture-raised with her? So we're constantly getting new information and adapting. Talk about that as a leader, because I think a lot of people think leaders are very static and it's completely the opposite. They're like, Oh, that guy's solid. He's strong. I feel like it's exactly the opposite. It's constantly dynamic and moving. And every single day, I'm a different person. Talk about yeah. that a little bit as a leader. Well, you guys both kind of touched on that. And it's about becoming better ourselves, right? I mean, because we got a leader of one, a leader of many. If I can't lead myself, I can't lead any, right? right. So if I can't lead one, I can't lead any, meaning myself. So uh, you're right. It's totally flexible and it's totally constantly changing. And I think you said something else in there too, you know, about making mistakes, and one of the things I think that is a people that going back to this archetype thing, people that believe that they cannot show weakness, they cannot show that they made a mistake or something like that. They're in an archetype 
that is not beneficial to them or the people that they're leading. The more humble you can be as a leader, you, you maintain your, you maintain the, the qualities in your character, but you're also being upfront and honest with the people in a very respectful way. You know, let's say I, I, as a leader, I made a bonehead decision. I mean, it was just, I thought it was the best decision at the time with all the information I had available to me, but it turned out to be not such a good position, a decision. I owe it to my people to go, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to shift the blame on anybody else. I'm not going to shift the blame onto the people that gave me that I used the information to make that final decision. But I, cause I still made the decision, but I'm going to own up that I made the decision. So now we're going to go back and go, okay, why did I come to this decision? What could we have done better in this process? Amen. We're going to have an open, honest discussion with the folks. And I think that's one of the things that all of us have witnessed in our periods of time. I know my, my 20 year military career flying for Southwest airlines, you see it all the time. And now as a network marketer is people that can own up and have that open communication very easy to recognize a poor leader or a bad leader right you're going to go oh man this i I didn't like this about this guy i don't like this about that guy and then you ask well what is it about this leader that you really like it's usually going to come down to character trust and his relation the ability to have the relationship with people understanding people at a relationship business he or her so i think that 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 just being honest. And because when you're doing that, now you're also getting more input from the others. You're learning more and you're building even greater rapport with the people that you're working with and they can understand it. I just, I I have a really hard time. I've I've gone through this multiple times. I'm actually going through one right now where a, um, a person of leadership position feels that he is in the right with everything that he is doing and he's unopened to listening to other sides of the story. And I think that that is a very poor quality of a good, of a leader. Really what, you're, what you're talking about guy reminds me of this specific incident that I had happen in my workplace years ago. I was director of operations for over 20 years, led multiple teams across different continents. And there was this one situation where my HR uh, representative notified me. She goes, we're going to be conducting an invita- investigation about you. And we can't, we have to tell you, don't ask any questions about what's going on. Somebody's made a complaint about you. And I have a very open and honest relationship with my team. So I was really surprised to hear this. <clears throat> So first thing I did was I notified my boss who was out of town and said, Hey, by the way, this thing is going on. I'll stand back and I'll trust that this whole process is going to work itself out, but everything's going to be fine. There's going to be, you know, the the, the truth is going to come out. And what happened was, is they actually started conducting the investigation in more of a, of a wagon gathering kind of situation. Like, has Chris ever made you feel like you weren't smart enough? Has Chris ever promised you something that he, so it became this wagon gathering thing. And unbeknownst to my team, they were answering honestly, well, yeah, Chris did this and Chris did this. And so it became this whole entire thing. And then as it became more of an entire thing, like Chris, you know, we want you to do, you know, keep a distance from your staff. And I was like, what's going on, you know? And I sat there and I thought, what can I do to handle this? situation of stress and overwhelm to be able to set the example for them that once this is all over and once the dust clears that they'll have even more respect for me even though i don't believe that i did anything wrong and so the ultimate the ultimate fallout was um it was a few people that were disgruntled about expectations that they had set for themselves that were um recently realigned in their their uh, annual review and so what happened was it was a bunch of misunderstandings. And so what I told the team, they said, okay, Chris, the investigation's done. You're fine. You know, we realized that, we, you know, there was just some, some distorted uh, uh, opinions about you. And I said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to get everybody in a room 
yeah. including yourselves, including my boss. And I want to talk about this. And I want to take, I want to accept responsibility for my part on this, perhaps for maybe misunderstanding my team, but also to set that example for saying, Hey, listen, when something's happening in your life, this is how you step up and this is how you rise to it. And so I actually apologize to my entire team. I said, I am, I apologize for you guys having to go through this process. And I think what I've learned out of this process is that I can become a more effective listener. And perhaps we can talk about your expectations a little bit more deeply and make sure that there's not any of those ambiguities that when you get your annual review, it's not a surprise for you. And so I said, I tell you what, my goal for this opportunity is to even earn your trust and respect even more deeply. And they were like, no, Chris, you're fine. You're cool. And they said this all in front of the HR person. And so it caused me to sit there and think about in those situations of stress and overwhelm, what it is that we can do for ourselves to be able to set that better example. What are your ideas on that? Because there's so many leaders out there, they're doing more with less, they're leading different generations, different generations in the workplace. We know we've heard about Generation Z, you know, being the quiet and the quitting generation. We got Gen Ys, we got millennials, we got, you know, Generation X, we still got baby boomers in there. How do we help people handle that chaos and that stress and overwhelm in their life, whether it's in a personal situation or in a professional situation? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a great question. What a great story, too. Um, first of all, people are people. I, I don't care how what label we want to put on them. People are all they're, they're individuals and each person has a soul. Each person has their own individual spirit. And that's what we want to connect with as much as anything else. Um, I, you know, your, your story just had me think of care enough to confront yeah. because another thing that a leader will do, a good leader will confront, right? They, they are not afraid to turn or they won't turn and hide. They're going to go, okay, great. Here's the information. Let's ha let's hash it out. Right. Let's get this all out on the table so that we can get beyond the BS and we now we know where all of us sit. And, you know, we, we all know exactly where each person is. And if you got any kind of rumor stuff going on in the background or this going on over here and you're not confronting that, you're, you're, you're just waiting for a big explosion to happen. Right. Yeah. So I think I think that's really important, too. And the leader, what I one of the other things and it's part of character is that they don't turn around and run cowardly, right? They got the courage and they've learned this. Maybe some people have a natural innate ability about this, but I do believe it's something that everyone can learn as well. And that is when a challenge arises, confront it. Yeah. Don't push it away, confront it now. So when you start talking about these different generations and, and the different challenges that they're having, and I'm, they absolutely are, and it's a social issue I think we've got going on, especially in this country right now. It's it's a disaster, and that I mean that's all that could be a whole nother series, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. Talking <laughs> about all the things that are are kind of mixed up. But if you keep in mind that they're people, and 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 try to connect with them authentically, you said something else, Christopher, in there that was really important about asking questions and asking good questions, and then listening to the response. Don't ask it just to be asking the question, be literally there to learn from the other person so that you can understand better how to relate with what's going on in their life, be able to address their situation. Maybe they're not a right fit for the organization. Maybe they need to be let go, even as you like them as a person and everything else, but they're not performing. I mean, it comes on down to performance, right? So if you're not performing in this job, if you will, then it might be time for you to move on. But before we get to that point, if we confront it early on, then maybe we can help you grow so that we don't have to let you go, but you actually grow so you can stay and become better. And then you've now you've gained some wisdom and knowledge that you can pass on to an underling as well. 
See, I, I love that a lot because I think this happens in relationships, you know, one-on-one relations, you know, small groups, families, organizations. We have a tendency to, we sit here and we want to, you know, allow ourselves to build up resentment behind the mask. So we're like, well, Chris is always doing this and that's why I couldn't hit my numbers. My wife is always saying this and that's why I'm this. And we walk away from the accountability. And so I'm hearing that loud and clear. I think a really solid leader will confront, connect, and say, what is it that you really want? Why are we starting to look outward for why things aren't working instead of looking inward? What can you do to control the situation? And I think a lot of us, especially some of the younger folks, have hit an exhaustion point where everything is so overwhelming, it's much easier to freeze. And so we used to see fight or flight, we're seeing a lot more of the freeze. And the freeze is coming from the total overwhelm. And so I want you to talk more about exactly that, because when you're confronting, how can we do that in a way that works with everybody? Because with my students, I'll be like, hey, what is it? You know, I see that you're struggling. Um, you didn't show up for class. I know you want to be here. Why did you come? And sometimes they say stuff like, I don't even know. I was just I was just felt so overwhelmed. I thought it was too late. I'm like, do you still think it's too late? So talk about that. What can we do to kind of bring people back to center as leaders by both example, questioning and that idea of confrontation in a non-aggressive way. Yeah, I, there's a lot of things going through my mind right now, Scott, with that, because that is, I mean, that's key, right? I mean, being able to, it's about building that rapport enough to have that connection, because you can ask the question, but if you don't have the rapport with the person, they may not open up to you. And you, and as a leader, if one uh, taking the lead in this conversation, you have to recognize that. And you have to keep working at it until you get that rapport. How do you know you got the rapport? You're going to see it in body, the body um, language first. All right. You're going to see a relaxation within the body. You're going to see the eyes soften. You're going to probably see the corners of the mouth soften. I mean, these are probably way beyond what the average person is looking for, but subconsciously you're taking it in anyhow. And if you're looking for those kinds of awareness cues, now you know you start started to bridge that gap before hitting a hard conversation. I like to call them crucial conversations. Before you hit a crucial conversation head on, you got to build that rapport first. You got to get that person to the point where they're going to be wanting and willing. So how do you do that? Well, you could talk about the weather. Right? Mm. I mean, you could talk about what's going on, what's going well in their life. Right. Let's start on the positives. Let's get them talking about themselves. Um, in this industry that I'm in, we talk a lot about the why, right? Because you don't, nobody has to be here. They're doing it for their own, um, own reasons. Their own why is what we call it, right? What is driving them to want to show up and get very little money in the beginning for the promise that big money is going to come at the end. So when you got somebody that's, you know, maybe a little not performing well, or is, is uh, down in the mouth, if you will, or something like that, and you pull them aside to have them have a conversation with them, you want to get them talking about themselves first. That is the best way to start building that rapport. You guys are doing a great job because I'm getting to do a lot of talking. Right? <laughs> so I love That's you guys, <laughs> but it's true. When you, when you get a person to be able to start talking from their heart, something that they're very passionate about, maybe they, maybe they love animals. You know, just pulling something out of, hey, man, I saw this really cool thing on, uh, on this Facebook reel. Can I show it to you? And you show them a picture of a dog and they're really into dogs. And you're just showing a little bit of different kind of concern from just 
instead of just coming from this authoritarian leadership position and start, and then you soften them up a little bit. And well, how did you get interested in dogs? How did you like dogs? You know, what, what is it about dogs that you relate to? And then you can start working that through questions, Scott, into the job or into the situation that we're really trying to narrow down. Is this the long, I mean, is this a, is this the shortcut? Obviously not. I did a lot of work with horses and horses and I'll uh, stick with me because it will make sense. Horses, <laughs> think, horses think different. Horses are always looking for a leader. I probably learned more from working with horses about leadership than I did from reading any book that I've ever read because wow. a horse it's got a mind of its own. And if you're not the leader it's looking for, bye-bye. It's not going to pay any attention to you. It'll kick you off its back. It'll run away from you or, or anything else. But if you're able to bridge that spiritual connection with that horse, what happens is they talk about it joining up. The horse will actually come in and the horse will actually approach you and touch you. And when that touch happens, you just got instant rapport. And now that horse will follow you anywhere. So that kind of relates to what I'm talking about. We as humans have a very direct line way of thinking. I've, I see the ice cream shop over here. I'm going straight to the ice cream shop and I'm going to go get myself a chocolate ice cream cone. All right. But a horse or people that are stuck can't see the path to the ice cream shop. So we got to take a little bit of a roundabout approach to, to, to take away the wall, the clouds that are clouding their vision that has them so stuck. And as we can start clearing that out, now they can see the ice cream shop and go get their simple ice cream cone. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea where that came from. As you were, ice cream. I just want you to know that I was laughing my head off because, because I teach love over fear. Okay. I'm, I'm constantly teaching people to use fear as a springboard to move into a world of love and all your dreams sit there. Well, I had a really fun experience with a horse. We were up in Utah. And we're on this ranch and this guy goes, well, you're really big. So I'm going to give you this quarter horse. He goes, just be a leader and be like strong. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? This thing, so what does a quarter horse mean? He's explaining to me how fast this horse is. So instead of just saying you're a leader, just love it. Like what you just said, like connect with it. He's like, just get on it and like show dominance or whatever. So I'm on it scared shitless completely. Like, I mean, I'm sure this thing's not listening to my language going, I'm going to mess with this guy. Because he started running guy, and I have never been so nervous, and they were trying to get him to slow down. When I got off of him, I never wanted to get on a horse again. I did again. But, <laughs> dude, I was like, I am not a leader. I'm not a horse guy. I'm So when you were saying that, I'm picturing the horse going, same my leader. The same mm -hmm. my guy. And it's sensing the fear. <laughs> oh, it was. Right? So it senses it was the real. fear, and then you're feeding the fear into the horse. But that's true with anything With when we're working with people too, right? They see either feel the confidence or they see the fear or feel the fear, even if it's not words being said. And, mm. and that is, so as a leader, the more confident you are, how do you build the confidence? Well, that's a whole other su subject, right? But a, a good leader is going to be very confident in where they're at. And that begins with the self, really. Okay. So I love this. I, I could tell a horse story, but I'll tell you guys after, after camera. But one of the things we've been talking about is communication, communication, communication. In this world of chaos and overwhelm, 
how can we become more effective listeners? Because I'm finding that so many people have this selective hearing disorder. They're not paying attention. They're, somebody says 200 words. They hear 30 of them. They're embarrassed because they weren't paying attention. They put the 30 words together. They make an assumption and they go off and they do that thing. And of course, we know what happens when we make assumptions. In, in, in your professional experience, in your personal experience, what can we do right now to give people tips on how to become more effective listeners? Because I believe by doing so, we could change the trajectory of a lot of relationships right now. What is it for you that makes a great listener? It's interesting. I got a, um, there, I was in a, a meeting or something, a big, large, we were in the military, a big, large group. And, and uh, the commander, whoever it was, was up there giving the lecture or the speech and somebody got distracted. And I mean, everybody else is paying attention, but the one person got distracted and he just stops. And he goes, okay. You know, obviously what this person, one person's doing in the room is more important than what I have to say. Anyhow, that, that just really resonated with me. And I, I do it with my wife all the time. I'll be like, hey, I got something really important to tell you. She goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be talking and then a text message comes in or something. And it goes, what's that? You know, and mm-hmm. I'll stop and I'll just stop sharing. So, But that's what I do as a, as a leader now. If somebody's not paying attention or I notice they're being distracted, then I will just pause and I'll wait to see what, how they respond. It's amazing. Try this sometimes. People will wait. 30 seconds before they even realize you stopped talking. So you're right, Christopher, that the selective hearing is very, very real. So how, what can we do to be better listeners is first of all, be aware of it, right? Yeah. Aware of it when somebody's talking to you and, and if the text message comes by, you don't even, you don't even notice the, the text message, right? So it starts with being aware of, it's so easy to be distracted. Um, how do you become aware? It's just, asking yourself those questions, you know, am I a good listener? What is a good listener? You got to ask yourself those questions and then go back and re- replay maybe some crucial conversations, some other conversations where maybe there was misunderstanding and take ownership of it. Did I really listen to what was going on? Did I really understand that? And if it, if it wasn't, or if, it, if you do feel that maybe I didn't get it all again, care enough to confront, Hey, you know what, Christopher, I got to apologize. I had a lot on my mind. I don't, not sure if I really understood everything that you were saying. Can we start this conversation over again? Can we have this conversation again? Something along those lines, but how to train yourself to be a better listener is, is to train yourself to be able to focus on one thing at one time. Zen, I would never forget. I mean, I'm not, I didn't study Zen or anything, but I wrote a, read a book on Zen philosophy when I was a young kid in college And it was all about focusing on what you're doing. If you're having your meal, you focus on your meal and not focusing on your meal and doing this kind of thing, right? If you're, if you're in a conversation, you're in a conversation, there's nothing else around. So you just got, you get a lot of it's got to be training because we got the habit now of being so distracted Yeah. and this world, this, you know, this world we live in right now is all about distracting you. That's its job. That's his job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you brought up a, an interesting, like the flip side of something that I do to try to help people with this, because again, somebody who's ADHD themselves, I mean, I put a lot of focus on being present, you know, with people. And sometimes I fail, you know, like I remember Chris and I were doing a, a podcast out in LA and literally a squirrel went by like the ultimate environment, you know, like squirrel, squirrel, like right in the middle of the podcast. Like it's almost like metaphorically flawless. But you know what I do with my students a lot is I stop and I understand that there's a lot of different people try to meet people where they're at. 
So I'll ask different questions. Does that resonate? Mm -hmm. And I'll sit. And, and, and so I'm like, in what way? And so somebody like Nas, I go, what way? And they're like, well, and so then they get chunks to learn to process, to come back to center. Cause I think one of the things that's easy for us to do too, is we're going like this and then we're like, and then we just kind of lose. But if you come back and you're like, well, how does that resonate to you? Does that make sense? What doesn't make sense? And so I'll ask those questions to kind of bring them back to center. So I almost feel like I'm helping to train them to listen in little like bites so mm -hmm. they can do downloads. And I know for me, if, if I sit there for a long time, I, I start telling myself stories or doing this, like I'm listening to you. But then all of a sudden, when you said the horse thing, if I was watching this podcast, I would go, I remember the time I was in Utah. You know, like, <laughs> and so you, you've got to figure out, come back to center. Why am I watching this podcast? What's the value of it? Why am I here? And so I get it. So let's talk about maybe some ways that we can even self-train, because for me, I know it's taking it in little bits and then coming back to center. So I'll even ask myself, does that make sense? Does that resonate, Scott? Why are you listening? So talk about that. Is there any other like tips or something that we can like download chunks or I don't know? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's just it's got to become a practice. That's the only thing that's popping into my mind right now in that regards. This has got to become a practice and be aware when you're doing various things are you do you putting your full attention in it or you know multitasker you know fighter pilots were known we're known as to be multitaskers we had to be for our job right i mean that was one of the things but multitasking it's been proven you cannot multitask and be as efficient if you're just as if you're just focusing on one thing so it's it's a matter of being able to focus fully in one area and realize what's causing a distraction from that focus. Um, I'm sure there's probably, you know, maybe games or puzzles or something like that. It's something that you, you really got to focus in on. But I would say with the people that you care most about and just when you're having a conversation with them, focus on that conversation. Even if it's just for five or 10 minutes, don't allow yourself to be distracted. And if you do allow, if you do get distracted, instead of just going, whoa, I just got distracted, own up to it because yeah. the more you own up to it, the more it's registering in different parts of the Love brain that. going, Ooh, that didn't feel good. Cause I just had to say, Hey, I apologize. I just got distracted. Can you say that again? Yep. If you do that in a conversation, the person probably already knows you were distracted. You're going to, so you're going to gain a little bit of credibility in there, but you're also training your mind what not to do. You know, mm -hmm. it, when, and speaking, they, uh, Toastmasters, for instance, we had a little, uh, animal clicker, you know, you ever seen those that, Yep. So every time you said an ah uh, or an um, they would click you. And that trained the brain to reduce the amount of ahs and ums. So it's the same thing. Anything you can do. And I think having not thought about this ahead of time, Scott, my number one thing would be every time you're engaged in a conversation, you're, you're paying attention to that person. If you ever go to a big event and you got a very famous speaker out there, you know, say a Tony Robbins, I don't know, some anybody. And you watch them afterwards talking with the people in the crowd. They never waver their focus away from that person. Mm -hmm. They are dialed in on that person, listening to what they have to say. So we can do that with our kids. We can do that with our, with our parents. We can do that as parents with, with our fellow parent or any other kind of leader in a job, if you will, or at the church, where, wherever it may be. And those, those little conversations, you start practicing that that for five minutes, I'm not going to be distracted. It's amazing. You could probably change a lot. 
So well said, Guy Verlando, dude, we could sit here and talk to you for hours. Um, amazing content dropped in here and there's just so many nuggets. So if you guys join the podcast, uh, either the video podcast or the audio podcast halfway through, be sure to go back and check out the full length feature of this podcast, because what it will do is we'll enrich your life and enrich your relationships and make you a better person overall. Guy, where can people get a hold of you and kind of continue the conversation, get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, anybody who wants to reach out to me, my my email is uh, simply guyberlando at gmail.com. I have a website. It's guyberlando.com. And then I'm on Facebook as well as Guy Berlando. <laughs> so those are different ways. And I've also written a, a book. It's uh, this one right here. You kind of see it in the background as well. Nice. But I think that it's, it's, it covers a lot in communication, understanding ourselves and how to relate better with other people, which is really important, I think, in this leadership discussion and the better you understand communication the better you understand how to relate to people with yourself first but then to other people i think overall the better leader you're going to become and it is somebody said it in the very beginning i'm not sure if it was you scott or christopher it's about all i think it was you scott that about becoming better and that is that is one of the traits that a leader will promote of themselves is that they're always trying to get better they never arrive I absolutely. There's no such thing as there. There is no there. Right. And don't forget the book's name for those listening uh, yes. on the audio podcast. It's Discovering Your Authentic Truth. And you yeah. said the word authentic time and time again, genuine, authentic, super beautiful word. And I think that's something we need to become a little bit more of all of us. Yeah, so true. All right, Mr. Guy Berlando, we're going to put you backstage here for a second. We're going to, Scott and I are going to end out the show. Don't go anywhere because we still want to have a little chat with you, but thank you again for being here again for the second time, a, a repeat, a re, repeat guest. Uh, thank you for being here, brother, and sharing your brilliance. It's been a, a great pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you so much. And to everybody out there. Thank you. Thank, thank you, brother. You I appreciate you. Dude, that's uh, that that conversation was fire, pure fire. I, I mean, it. dollar for dollar, pound for pound, all the different tips and shit and stuff that we shared in there. Um, I mean, what what was your takeaway, kind of overall thinking about this conversation tonight, Scott? I, I just like the simplicity of these conversations, and I think Guy has just been right on point with that too. You know, we always think with leadership, we're thinking titles, we're thinking all the things, and backing up into the middle. You know, the, the word authentic that he even has in his book, I think, is on point. The more authentic that we get, the more willing to say, hey, I made a mistake and grow from it. That's huge. And I think more and more, is need, more and more of us need to see that because we have these illusions of what leaders are or what people that we look up to are. And they're nothing more than illusions because we're only seeing what we get to see. I'll tell you a really quick story that I want to end on. One of my mentors who got me into teaching and we don't need to go through the story, but he was much older than me. He had won all these awards being a professor. He's the one who got me to become a professor. And I'll never forget everything he used to say to me was so flawless. Like everything was so flawless. He was like, Scott, just do this. Be divine. Find creator within you to a point where I almost wanted to vomit. But I was <laughs> so inspired by him. But I didn't see the other side. And he's an older gentleman. And one day he thought he hung up the phone. And I'll never forget this. We got off the phone. He thought he hung up the phone. I hear him go. Son of a bitch, I lost my shoes again. What the fuck is going on around here? I never heard him swear nothing. And then you hear his wife go, that's because you can't figure anything out, Charlie. At least the other people, you know, and I'm like, listen to this little spat. And I'm like, Charlie's human. Yeah. And that's when I really wanted to follow Charlie because he's putting his best foot forward. You know, Guy just said this early on. If the ship's sinking or something's going on, somebody has to say, we're going to get through this. Uh, things have been worse at other times. And I felt like Charlie did that kind of thing. And so I love the idea of 
we can show something. It's got to be authentic, but we can be more than that underneath. And that humanity that we all make mistakes, we're not perfect. That feels good. And I know guys subscribe to that too. We're a bunch of human beings doing our best. I wouldn't judge when I see somebody make a mistake. I would say, I'm so glad that you're human too. Thanks for being you. Mm -hmm. I would agree more. I mean, the, for the things that I've done in my life and my career, being that, that authentic person and being able to say, Hey, listen, I screwed up. I made a mistake. What can I learn from it? How can I, how can we do this different next time has earned me so much respect in, in my, in my workplace as a leader and that opportunity for us, you know, really what I think about the conversation tonight is that intentionality, right? We talk about it all the time, Scott, you know, am I being intentional? Do I care to really listen to this conversation? Do I care to become a better leader, whether it's in my home or whether it's in my workplace or whether it's just for myself and my independent in a business. What is my intention? And am I willing to go take that imperfect action every single day to grow from that? You know, so many people are sitting there, they're afraid to make mistakes. They're afraid to look bad. Oh, I have to look like a stoic leader. I have to put on this presence. You know, what we're talking about here is being authentic and saying, Hey, listen, I fucked up. Yeah. I screwed up. Here's what I did. Here's what I need to learn from it. I apologize. It was my fault. What can I do to make it better? And I think so many different things that can come out of this conversation really is that responsibility and that desire. Like, well, how can I become just a little bit better today than I was yesterday? What, what are some of the things, what are the, some of the books that I can read? What are some of the famous leaders that I can go look to and learn from? And I remember somebody, when I was very young, I was, when I, when I wanted to get into business leadership, I said, who, who's, 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 who's one of the great leaders of history? And they said, Abraham Lincoln. And I was like in my 20s, I'm like, I'm not going to go research some archaic dude that was, I mean, no, 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 I'm talking about, is it Bill Gates? Is it the guy from uh, Jack Welch? Is, you know, is it, is it, who, who, not Brad Gates, Bill Gates, Brad Gates was the sheriff of Orange County. You know, who is it? And they said, go read Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, and as somebody I trusted, and I went back and read about Abraham Lincoln and, and his leadership style. And I learned so much from that. So guys, always be willing to go out there and learn and stretch yourself, become a better leader, learn about communication. Um, you know, one of the things for me in listening is that paraphrasing. When I'm listening to somebody and I'm, if I'm able to paraphrase back to them what they, what they said, the amount of respect that I gain with that person is to be able to say like, wow, I really cared to listen. And if I wasn't listening or paying attention, admit it, like you were saying. So, so many valuable nuggets in here. We appreciate you guys for being here. And, and always make sure you guys go to the Unfiltered Experience. Go back and check out our other podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, anywhere you get podcasts. But you can go check them all out, theunfilteredexperience.com. We've got another great show coming up for you next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Put it on your calendar. Show up with us. Play with us. Bring your questions. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, please join the Facebook community and let us know what type of seasons, what type of topics you would like to see us cover because we do this with you and for you. We do this with you and for you. So with that, we sign off right now. We love and appreciate you. Go connect with Guy. Go to www.unfilteredexperience.com and be sure to come back here next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and bring a notepad because we're here to rock your world. Appreciate you guys. Love you, brother Scott. See love you next you. time. See you guys.